Chapter 8 of Hindu Tales All the Adventures of Ten Princes by Tandon, translated by P. W. Jacob. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Siddharth. Adventures of Arthapala. My lord, having the same object as your other friends, I wandered about over various countries in search for you. In the course of my travels, I arrived one day at the sacred city of Benares. There I bathed in the pure crystal water of the river and duly worshipped the mighty god, the slayer of Andakha, at his temple outside the city. After finishing my devotions, I was going on my way when I saw a tall, stout man carrying an iron club, with his eyes red and swelled from weeping, and engaged in making a noose with his stash. I thought to myself, this man has fallen into some great calamity. He is thinking of doing violence to himself or to others. I will see if I can assist him. Therefore I went up to him and said, This conduct of yours seems to indicate some rash purpose. May I know the cause of your grief? Perhaps I may be able to help you. He assisted for a moment and looked very hard at me, but at last he said, What harm can there be in telling you? You shall know my troubles if you wish to learn them. Then we sat down together under our shady tree and he began his tale as follows. O oh, fortunate sir, I was once as happy as you appear to be. My father was in good circumstances and brought me up carefully, but I preferred a wild, dissipated life, and at last became a robber. One night I broke into the house of a rich man in the city, was caught in the act and condemned to death. My hands were fettered by being passed through holes in a heavy piece of wood and in this state I was, led, I was led out for excursion into a public square where a furious elephant was brought forward to trample me to death. When he came near me, I shouted as loudly as possible in order to frighten him and lifting up my arms, giving him a violent blow on the trunk. Upon this he turned away and eyes, and as I continued to shout out and abuse him, all the efforts of the driver to make him attack me were in vain. Again and again, with much difficulty, the driver brought him in front of me, but each time, instead of attacking me, he turned back, alarmed by my menacing appearance and loud shouts, and at last ran right away, leaving me uninjured. The courage which I had shown was observed by the king's chief minister, Kamapala, who was looking on from one of the towers of the palace, and he sent for me and said, You seem to be a very strong, brave man. I did not think that elephant could have been so carved by anyone. It is a pity that such qualities should not be better employed. Are you willing, if you are pardoned, to forsake your evil ways and lead an honest life? If you will give me a promise to this effect, I will take you into my service. I gladly gave the promise which he required, and he obtained my pardon, and became my protector and master and I have served him faithfully ever since. After some years, seeing my devotion to him, he placed great confidence in me and one day and told me his own history. There was, said he, formerly at Pushpapuri, a very learned and pious man named Dharmapala, one of the king's ministers. His eldest son was like him, but I, the youngest, was a very different disposition. I had no inclination for work or study but not only of amusement, and spent my time among gamblers and disreputable characters. My father and brother did all they could to restrain me, but impatient of their control, I left my home and friends and wandered about the world. 
One day I came to the city, Benares, and not long after my arrival, I made acquaintance with the king's daughter, who, with her female friends, was playing at ball in a park outside the town. We fell in love with each other, and I contrived, by disguising myself as a woman, to enter her private apartments and to have many secret meetings with her, the result of which was the birth of a child. The devoted attendants kept the whole affair secret, removed the infant as soon as it was born, and telling the mother it was dead, gave it to a Savari woman who carried it to the public cemetery and left it there. As she was returning, she was stopped by the watchmen, and in her fright told them what she had done. Information was given to the king, and further inquiry being made, my offence was discovered, and one night I was arrested. While quietly sleeping and suspicious of danger, being condemned to death, I was led to execution outside the city. By unfortunate chance I got my hands free, and snatching the sword from the executioner laid about me so vigorously that all men fell back, and I made my escape to the forest. There I wandered about for some time, subsisting on wild fruits and roots, and sleeping in the trees. While living this precarious life, I was one day astonished at meeting a young lady with many female attendants. She addressed me by my name and desired me to sit down with her under a last tree. When, with much surprise, I asked who she was and how she came to be in that wild forest with such a retinue, and why I was so favored by her, she told me the reason of her coming, saying, My name is Tarawali. I am the daughter of a chief Yaksha. A short time ago I went to visit a friend living on the Malaya mountains and while flying through the air on my return, as I passed over the cemetery of Benares I heard the cry of a child. Moved with compassion I alighted to the ground, took it up and carried it to my father. He took it to our master, the god Kubera, who sent for me and asked, What induced you to bring this child? A strong feeling of compassion, I answered, as if it had been my own. You are right, he replied, there is good reason for what you have done, and he showed me how in a former existence, when you were Sudraka and I, Aryadasi, the child now born of the princess Kantimati was ours, therefore I am really your wife, and it was indeed a maternal instinct which prompted me to save the infant. Kuvera, however, would not allow me to keep the boy, but ordered me to take him to the queen Vasumati that he may be brought up together with her son, who will one day become a great monarch. Having performed the command of God, I am permitted by him to find you out, and to relieve you from your present distress. So saying, she embraced me, and afterwards took me to a fairy palace in the forest, furnished with all comforts and luxuries, where I passed some time with her in great happiness. One day, when she was expressing her great love for me, I said, I have strong desire to take some vengeance on the king who would have put me to death. Upon which, with a smile, she said, Ah, you wish to see Kantimati. I am not jealous. I will take you to her. Then lifting me up, she bore me through the air to the palace, and without disturbing the guards, placed me at the bedside of the king. Grasping a sword lying near him, I awakened him and said, I am your son-in-law. I took your daughter without your consent, and now come to make submission and atone for my fault. Seeing the drawn sword held over him as he was much alarmed and said, I must have been mad to act as I did and reject such a son-in-law. I will now acknowledge you and you shall duly marry my daughter. He kept his word 
the next day announced the intended marriage to all the court and shortly afterwards publicly gave me his daughter taravali remained with me became great friends with her fellow wife told her the story which she had related to me and how her son had been preserved and was taken care of by the queen vasumati thus i have for some years lived happily holding as you know a very important office end of the story of kamapala as told to his servant some time after this the death of the old king occurred and as the eldest son had died during his father's lifetime of consumption brought on by dissipation and debauchery my master together with the other ministers placed singha gosha placed singha gosha a boy about 5 years old to the throne and had him carefully educated as the young king grew older he was surrounded by companions nearer his own age and they not liking the restraint put upon them by the wise and prudent kamapala endeavored secretly to excite a prejudice against him saying this fellow who sets himself up to be so wise and virtuous is a wicked wretch who first seduced the princess and then having escaped the death he so well deserved managed to get to the bedside of the sleeping king and to frighten him into compliance with his demands this kamapala intends to make himself king he poisoned our eldest brother and only spared you in order to obtain the support of the people knowing that the real power would remain in his own hands depend on it you will not be spared to live when you are old enough to shake his off when you are old enough to shake off his authority if you wish to be safe you should get rid of him at once with these and other similar speeches they so prejudiced the young king against his guardian and minister that he would gladly have got rid of him at once but was deterred by fear of the power of his yaksha wife one day the queen seeing the princess kantimati very sad asked her the reason of her sadness tell me the truth you cannot deceive me what is the cause of this depression did i ever deceive you she answered my friend and fellow wife taravali has taken offence at some done at something done or said by our husband and though we tried to soothe her she went away and has not returned this is the cause of my distress the queen hearing this immediately told her husband kamapala has quarrelled with his fairy wife and she has left him there is nothing to prevent your proceeding against him as you please sinha gosha longing to be freed from restraint caused his minister to be arrested and when he came the next day to the palace as usual unsuspicious of danger this very day he would be led round the city to be proclaimed a traitor and have his eyes put out i having lost my only friend and protector have no wish to live and was fastening my stash to hang myself when you interrupted me when purnabhatra had finished this story i said to him i am that child who was exposed in the cemetery and saved by the fairy my coming here is indeed opportune and with your assistance i will engage to deliver my father i would boldly attack the guards as they led him round the city but fear lest in the confusion he might be killed when all my exertions would be in vain some other plans must therefore be thought of while i was thus speaking to him a serpent put out his head from a hole near me and knowing how to charm serpents i made it come forth and secured it then i said to purnabhatra o friend this is just what i wanted i will mix with the crowd when my father is led around 
let the serpent fall on him as if by chance, and then run up to him and say that I am skilled in charms and can save his life. No doubt they will allow me to try, and I will stop the effect of the poison in such a manner that he will not die, and yet remain insensible, as if dead. Meanwhile, do you go to my mother, ask to see her in private, and tell her that the son whom she had lost is now here. Explain to her my plan for saving my father, and say that when she hears of death of her husband, she must go to the king, as if in the greatest grief, and ask for permission to burn herself together with the dead body. When this request is granted, and no doubt it will be, she must prepare the funeral pile and make ready for self-immolation, laying the apparent dead body on a couch in a private room till I come, when I will tell her what is further to be done. Purnabhadra, delighted with the plan which I proposed, no longer wished to destroy himself. He set out at once to do as I had directed him, and I went immediately into the city, and there I saw great crowds already collected and ascertained where the executioner would stand, when the proclamation was made, overhanging the place, there happened to be a large tree with thick foliage, and to this I climbed and waited patiently, listening to the talk of the people collected underneath. Presently the executioner and his men came, bringing the prisoner, and the proclamation was made three times. Know all men that this traitor, Kamapala, has not only poisoned the late king and his eldest son, but has been convicted of plotting against the life of his present majesty, he endeavoured to persuade two of the king's faithful attendants to administer a prison, but they have given information, and his life is justly forfeited. The king, however, in consideration of his being a Brahmin, and nearly connected with himself, has paid his life, and only sentenced him to have his eyes put out, that all evildoers take warning by his punishment. While this proclamation was being read, I climbed to a branch of the tree just over my father and dropped on him the poisonous serpent, which immediately bit him. In the confusion which ensued, I slipped down from the tree and, having mixed with the crowd, managed while shouting out, This is a just punishment from heaven, so may all traitors perish, to get close to my father and quickly applied a charm in such a manner that, though he fell down apparently dead, the effect of the poison was stopped. The executioner also being bitten, and his assistants, as well as the crowd of spectators being alarmed and dispersed from dread of the poisonous serpent, this act of mine was noticed. Meanwhile my mother, who had been prepared by Purnabhadra to hear her husband's death, went immediately to the king, attended by a large number of friends, and said, The gods know if my husband was your enemy or not. I will not attempt to defend him, but whether he was innocent or guilty, your anger should cease now he is dead. I pray to you to allow me to burn his body, and according to the custom of widows of my rank, to ascend the funeral pyre together with him, were I not to perform this duty, disgrace would fall upon you, and on the whole family, as well as on myself. The king well pleased, the king well pleased to have got rid of the obnoxious minister, without incurring the sin of killing him, exclaimed, This death is indeed the act of fate and immediately granting her request permitted the body of Kamabala to be taken to his own house, where I had by the time arrived and was ready to receive it. Meanwhile my mother prepared for death, and resisting all the entreaties of her friends and servants, expressed her determination to be burnt together with her husband. 
when everything for the funeral was arranged she came into the private room where the body had been laid and there saw her husband fully recovered and me sitting by him great was her delight and astonishment at that wonderful and sudden change and having first embraced her husband she threw her arms around me and with a voice broken by sobs of joy said oh my darling son how can i deserve such happiness i who so cruelly abandoned you at your birth and suffered you to be taken away as if dead but your father was not to blame for that he indeed deserves to have been restored to life by you and to have the happiness of seeing you cruel indeed was tarawali who when she had received you again from kubera did not bring you at once to me but what could i expect from her it is though her unkindness in leaving us that all this misfortune has happened but i must not complain i was not worthy without previous suffering to enjoy such great happiness come and embrace me saying this she again threw her arms around me and kissed me repeatedly trembling with emotion and shedding many tears of joy my father's feeling was scarcely less excited he seemed to have risen from the lowest depth of misery to the summit of felicity and esteemed himself more fortunate than even indra the king of the gods when we were all somewhat calmed and i had explained to my father all that had occurred i said there is much yet to be done the king will soon find out the deception which has been practiced and sent to arrest you again so we must consider how we can defend ourselves my father answered this house is a very large one the walls are strong there are many secret passages i have great store of weapons my servants are brave and faithful so that we can hold out for several days besides this i have many friends in the city most of the authorities will favor me many of the soldiers will be on my side and there are many persons discontented and ready to rebel against the king therefore if we act prudently we shall have much assistance and be able to cut off that tyrant with this i agreed and we prepared for defense and as i had expected the king finding how he had been deceived sent soldiers to take us but though they made many attempts we drove them back day after day with very small loss to ourselves meanwhile fearing lest we should have at last be overpowered if something more were not done i determined if possible to seize the person of the king and as my father's house was not far from the palace i began to make an underground passage inside in order to reach his sleeping room the exact position of which i had learned from my father after digging for some distance i came to my great astonishment into a large lofty well-lighted well-lighted room occupied by a number of women among whom was a young lady of surpassing beauty resembling the wife of kama or the tutelary goddess of the city who had hidden herself here to avoid the sight of so much wickedness above the women are equally astonished at seeing me and ran away alarmed into other adjoining rooms one old woman however remained behind and falling at my feet said have pity on us poor helpless woman surely thou art a god for no mortal could have found his way hither o tell us why art thou come calm yourself i answered you have nothing to fear from me i am artapala the son of the minister kamapala and the princess kantimati and i have come thus unexpectedly on you while making an underground passage from my father's house to the palace but tell me who you all are and how you come to be living here o prince she answered i had heard of your birth 
but not of your preservation and i am happy now to see you know that the young lady whom you have just seen is the granddaughter of your metal grandfather chandasinha the eldest son of that king died before his father leaving his wife pregnant and she lost her life in giving birth to this daughter who was committed to my care one day the king sent for me and said i intend this child when grown up to be given in marriage to darpasara son of the king of malwa and remembering the misconduct of her aunt i am determined that nothing of that kind shall happen with her i have therefore caused a spacious palace to be made underground and having furnished it with provisions and all other necessities for even a hundred years i have great confidence in you you will therefore go down into this subterranean dwelling taking with you the princess and such attendants as you may think desirable and you will remain until she is grown up when i shall fetch you from below and give her in marriage as i have intended so saying he lifted up a small trap door in the courtyard close to his own apartment and showed me the steps leading to this place the next day we all came down and have remained here ever since twelve years have now passed and the king seems to have forgotten us i must tell you also that the princess though destined by her grandfather for darpasara was originally intended for you for her mother while the child was yet unborn promised that her daughter should become the wife of the son of kantimuti if he should ever return look on her therefore as you are intended and do what is best for us having received this account from the old woman i told her to have no fear on the princess's account but to trust entirely in me and that i would soon liberate them from their long and tedious imprisonment she then took a lamp and showed me the steps leading to the trap door which i forced open and soon found my way into the king's bedroom there before he was sufficiently awake to call for help i seized gagged and bound him and dragging him along as an h newman drags a serpent past the astonished woman and through the tunnel which i had made brought him trembling with fear and bowed down by shame to my father's house and showed him to my parents telling telling them how i had captured him and how i had discovered the princess in the subterranean palace when the seizure of the king was known those who were previously well disposed to my father immediately joined us and all opposition ceased soon afterwards i married the princess who looked on me as her deliverer from the dungeon sinha gosha was deposed and i having double claim to the throne was acknowledged king in his stead hearing that the king of anga a devoted friend of your father was at war and attacked by a strong enemy we have marched hither with an army to his assistance and i have had the pleasure of helping to deliver him from his enemies and still greater happiness of meeting with you i now beg of you to decide what shall be done with the deposed king our prisoner whom we have brought with us my mother is very anxious to liberate him but hitherto it has not been thought safe to do so the prince answered let that unworthy young man be freed on condition of giving up all claim to the throne and leading a private life and let him devote himself to pious meditation which is the purifier of evil deeds then turning with a kind look to pramati he said do now relate to your adventures with which request he at once compiled end of chapter 8